Dark Shadows Literary Licensed Podcast Episodes. Ben Stokes here, exploring all things Collinsport, Maine, and following the likes of the Collins family, and the friends and foes, with your co-hosts, Tom Diamond, Jesse Fultz, Mickey Ray, and Keith Chalgo, Collins family, story about blood relations, literally. Welcome to Literary License Podcast. This is Dark Shadows Week, where we'll be discussing episodes 592 to 614. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. we got Tom Diamond with us. Tom. Well, hello, everybody. And as usual, I have once again crossed the crypt from real life to the wonderful world of Dark Shadows. Great to see you all here. And we got Vicky Ray. Hello, Vicky. Hi, everybody. And myself, Keishago. Before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to, starting with you, Tom. What have you been up to since last time we spoke to you? Well, for a change, I twisted my knee accidentally, and so I am currently um, recuperating uh, from... uh, I have no idea how I did it, but uh, thankfully it wasn't as bad as I first thought it was. It was swollen. It was really swollen at first. So now, after the ace bandages and the... And the peas, and Vicky and I were talking about that before we started, you know, instead of ice packs, there's these frozen peas, and you just break up the peas and stuff like that and put it on. So now it is that plus ibuprofen and um, a daily daily libations of Zinfandel, my, uh, my, favorite, uh, uh, my favorite wine, and, uh, which, which always helps. So I am now getting over that. I am... <coughs> So Tom's taking the uh, playbook out of Elizabeth Stoddard and home medicating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a sedative. Tom is going to build his own mausoleum set up. Bells included because I'm waiting for the bury him alive. That's right. <laughs> They're going to hear the bells in uh, Palm Beach County, Florida, uh, all over the place. When I, uh, and they'll all, they'll all, oh, you mean he's back? Oh, but that's it. But uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm busy with, you know, the real world. Uh, I'm doing my PhD coursework. I'm prepping for my professor co- for the course I'm going to be teaching uh, as a professor. And I am watching very interestingly i'm on the fifth season now of outlander uh which is marvelous and of course uh, the outlander fans may know there will be a sixth season yes, next sir. year eight episodes it's going to be a shortened version but it there is. will be a seventh season in 2023 hopefully and then they'll make up for this shortened version well, hopefully uh, diana gabaldon will write one more book well, I I uh, I don't know when I'm going to be able to read her books, but books we, are amazing. Yeah, from what I understand, they're big. They're really like stand well, big, like the stand that. kind I, of big. I remember reading it, you know, and I mean that that's you know athletes used to lift that for weights, you know, those kind yeah, of yeah. But her uh, books are not thin. No, that's for sure. Uh, and interestingly enough, you know, with with Dark Shadows, you know, so Dark Shadows is mentioned in I think it's the third season of Outlander and uh, it happens they're in the year 1968 
one shadows, which is where we're in now in terms of shadows. And uh, the Roger, who is the boyfriend of the daughter of the main characters, is a uh, is a big fan of the show. And the, they actually have a scene of, uh, of uh, Jonathan uh, on TV. He's watching Jonathan on TV and uh, actually talks, uh, the, the, the script talks about uh, the plots from the show. She, you know, I mean, Brianna says, why the heck do you watch that? And he says, oh, there's nothing like it. Chris is a, Chris is a werewolf, and we'll, we'll learn about Chris yeah. later. And uh, Barnabas is da-da-da-da-da. And it's really a treat, I think. And I just recently found out that Dark Shadows was actually part of the theme of an episode of Mad Men. If any of you have ever seen that iconic series regarding the advertising industry in the 1960s, that was season five, episode nine, to be exact. It was actually called Dark Shadows. And that was because it came out the same week as the Tim Burton movie. So it was kind of homage. And it talks about one of the characters, Megan, uh, auditioning for the role of Vicky Winters. And she's a dead ringer for her. And, it's, and, it, and there's only one small scene. It's kind of disappointing because everything else is so proper stuff and, and involving the other characters. And you really have to understand. But, um, I'm having, but I'm having fun with that. And, uh, you know, and looking at how Dark Shadow has been immortalized in uh, in other episodes. And the other one was Supernatural. The last episode, the very last episode was Supernatural. Did you watch uh, all 16 seasons? No, I'm afraid not. I thought there were 15, but I'll give them an extra season. What the heck? I thought uh, it was six. Wasn't there 16 seasons? Oh, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I thought it was 15. Had, that was 16. I thought it was 16. I thought it was 15, but it doesn't matter. That's but anyway, the last, now. I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. But the last episode had two vampire characters that the, that the uh, heroes were going after. And they were sitting in their little domicile watching a scene from uh, 1795 with Barnabas and Ben. And they were, so it's interesting to see that the show has made it with at least three different references in more modern uh, interpretations. And Mad Men, especially since that had nothing to do with horror, uh yeah you know i mean outlander is fantasy and time travel and there are some stuff but it's nice to see that and that's what's going on with me and what about yourself Vix? what are you been up to 15 you're right no way there was there, i thought there was going to be 16 seasons but i'll give you an extra seasons. year you have have one on me i don't know why i thought there were 16 seasons anyway i stand corrected anyway, you said corrected uh, you're sitting down so you said corrected i'm sitting corrected that's right no, I'm not a whole lot going on. I'm still up in the great white north visiting the family and driving Asher around to see all the Thousand Islands type things. And uh, we went, I took him to the beach, you know, Westcott's Beach. And I, we got in the water. I don't even know as children how we swam in that water. It was so cold. I think it gave me a fibromyalgia. Attack. It was so cool. And, you know, it's just like he just found other people. And they, you know, boys are, they don't know each other, but they were trying to drown each other and beat the hell out of each other like boys will do. But um, other than that, I haven't really had a chance to watch too much TV and stuff. I've been, you know, watching Netflix on my computer. I did finish Fear Street. I love 1666. I thought it was great. I forgot how good R.L. Stein was, and it makes me kind of want to pick up some more books of his. 
because it, I thought it was really well done. It really kept my interest. It really vested the characters. He was very popular with the kids, wasn't he? He was very yeah, popular. Yeah, I, I mean, this one was really more adult. I don't remember reading books. I mean, I remember Fear Street, but I don't remember it being this involved, you know, because you do have, I don't want to say the word, I don't want to, well, it's more. Not, not liberal or woke, but I mean, it's it's more in tune to today's atmosphere. I mean, you have a female gay couple and they're very young. They're teenagers and, you know, they're trying to find their way through life. And they try to, you know, they I'm not going to give away the whole thing, but they go back and forth, you know, into different storylines and time hopping kind of thing. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, they do time hopping. It's really, really good, good, good. Uh, I think it was three. I don't know if they're, they're going to do more, I hope. Aren't they, Keith? Um, this is doing very, very well. And the, I have to say that the director of these three films knew what she was doing. Bingo. Yeah. Easter eggs. It gives it like a a little nod to Argento and Mario. Yes, exactly. Um, The witch and Friday the 13th, of course, Mm -hmm. and 90s horror. Lots of gore. Great storyline. Lots of gore. If you're like me and you like blood cannons and gore and just gross, this is, this is for you. It's a, it's a great, it's just great. And, and it's got a great story. I mean, you just, I mean, the stories and what, what was the name of the, what was the, you always heard the one you love. That song has been stuck in my mind. The and those one brothers, and those brothers no. or something. No, 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 that's that song from the one killer, the one serial killer that just, always heard that was my favorite killer. killer. I mean, she's like uh, up there at the uh, top. Uh, I loved her. Uh, <laughs> but, other than that, not a whole lot to say. Just been hanging out with Asher, and we've just been doing the hang- family thing. What's happening with you, Texas? What's happening with you? Uh, myself, I haven't been up to a lot, really. Um, just getting things together, getting um, sorting out um, invitations and sorting out our guest list for season five because everyone's coming back right. to that. Um, a nice surprise. Um, when we start season five, we will have a special guest in Mary O'Leary, who will be talking about to yes. us about her Jonathan Frid um, documentary. Yeah, cool beans. Looking Can we forward talk to, her to that. Yeah, her thing is coming out on October fifth, as I recall. And um, seems like the, it's taken for so long to get out. Well, she's done a lot of work on it. Uh, I have kept in touch with Mary off and on. She's very, very. She's a wonderful, wonderful lady. Yeah, she's an excellent nice. professional, seven-time Emmy Award winner. But yeah, you can't earthy. go wrong with that. But she's earthy as anything. It never went to her head, and um, she. Uh, and, and and she was telling me, you know, in terms of, you know, editing and, of course, doing this during COVID. And yeah, I think COVID kind of put the kibosh on a lot of stuff. So it shut everything down. And God forbid we should have, you know, of course, we have the Delta variant now and then the Indonesia variant. And hopefully things will, uh, you know, things will think will, things will work themselves out. But uh, I, 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 I am definitely looking forward to the Jonathan Frid documentary and give Jim Pearson credit because of MPI. Yeah, he's working with her on that. And, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I think this will be a, I think this will be a shot in the arm uh, for the fandom. We need to see yeah. more current things uh, that can, that can satisfy because uh, listen, now Dark Shadows just celebrated its 55th anniversary. Yep. Uh, and Catherine Lee Scott, I think, actually went to uh, Essex, Connecticut, where a lot of the exteriors were filmed. She right. went to the old Maggie Evans house. 
I somebody I'm not sure. Yes, she went to the Griswold Inn in Essex, Connecticut. Which was that the hotel they used? Dark Shadows movie where Barnabas and Maggie met in the Dark Shadows movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was in a nice little place, and it's still, you know, very dark and got a lot of atmosphere. And, and she went I love there. Places and, like that. You know, that kind of thing. She went there with a group of people. And uh, so it's so it's nice that, uh, you know, the, you know the, the stars that are around Jim Storm, who was just – who just started uh, his own official fan group uh, a few months ago on Facebook with his wife, Valerie, and a uh, very, very salt-of-the-earth man. Very uh, nice people. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Roger, Roger Davis, who I've spoken to at length, actually, very recently, and uh, uh, took a look at some of the episodes in this block, which we will discuss when we get to it, and, and I think that some of his observations are very, very interesting about that. Uh, what else is going on with you, Keith? I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I'm. I have had a little too much wine, so I'm becoming a little garrulous. Uh, what's going on with you? Um, nothing about nothing beside that. Just getting season five sorted out and getting ready to wrap up season four next month. So, getting the newsletter put together. And what a great job, Keith! Keith, you can edit this out if you want to, but my but when you said recently that now there are 2.6 million subscribers. Um, for the podcast in general, uh, not just Dark Shadows, but everything. But that is quite an impressive feat, and, that is, and you are definitely to be congratulated for all the work you've done for that. And you and Vicky. Oh, thank you for that. So Labor yeah. of love. Now, if you want to edit that out, that's your business. But I hope Plus, you I have to deal with Keith almost like four times a month for this shit. He doesn't I know. <laughs> Vicky, you have my condolences. Sometimes even more. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's taught me one thing, you know, doing it so far for the last four seasons going into five, that when you have a um, co-host that you admire so much, it's probably best not to give her your telephone number. So... <laughs> I don't call you. We text, okay? <laughs> I'm only kidding, but... Um, no, so yeah, I think season five is going to be quite good, and then it's going to be a lot of hard work. I'm looking work. forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think so, too. I think our really last season of hard work, and then after that, season six onwards, I think we're just going to have a start partying and just having a good time with what we're doing, so what we got planned. So. Sounds good. Get back Sounds to good. blood and gore. So what we're going to do now is going to cut to the bloopers done by Tom, and then we'll cut to the synopsis and be right back to discuss Dark Shadows right after this. <laughs> everybody tom diamond here and here we are once again and these dark shadows episodes 592 to 614 new stars and bloopers regarding new stars only two new stars at this point one minor one major and one extra that comes back to the show let's do the extra first give him a little credit so tom gorman comes back on episode 607 as a blue whale bartender you may remember uh, tom gorman as uh the uh 
as a customer, as a patron in the Blue Whale. Uh, Tom uh, was born in uh, February 25th, uh, 1907, and he died uh, uh, October 2nd, 1971 in Flushing, New York. We haven't, uh, we haven't talked about him in a long time. Uh, he was in 12 Angry Men. He was in East Side, West Side, which was a TV show in 63. And so he did some minor work. And uh, Tom Gorman was also uh, one, of the, uh, one of the jailers in the 1795 sequence. So that being said, uh, we go, jump back to episode 594 and 595, where Erica Fitz comes on for two episodes as... Danielle Roger and Leona Eltridge, the modern day equivalent of Danielle Roger. Um, the, and that, of course, is a lead uh, into the actual uh, experiment uh, which is done uh, with, Car- with uh, uh, Leona Eltridge being the life force. She can only live for a few hours. If you recall, Nicholas has uh, summoned the spirit of Danielle Roger to be that life force. And, et voila, uh, we then have the first appearance in episode 595 of Marie Wallace as... Uh, Eve, the reincarnation of Danielle Roger, uh, after the experiment is over, and this is the first of many appearances for Eve, uh, a.k.a. Marie Wallace, uh, also uh, comes on later to grace the screen, uh, to grace the dark shadow screen in other characters, which we'll get to as that block proceeds. Marie Wallace, incidentally, was interviewed by me last year, and now that her block is up, uh, I am told by the powers that be that her interview will be released next weekend, uh, the the, uh, first weekend of August, I would think, uh, in 2021, uh, for the fans to enjoy. Marie is still around, and she is thriving, and she lives in New York, where she was born. Uh, Marie has enjoyed a wonderful career in on the stage uh, as well as TV. Uh, she was in uh, Beauty Part on Broadway, 62-63. She was in the original cast of Gypsy as a showgirl with Gypsy Rose Lee. She was in Nobody Loves an Albatross from 63-64. to 64. She was with Sweet Charity, and so she worked alongside Gwen Verdon and Ruth Buzzy. On TV, she was in Car 54, Where Are You?, Phil Silver Show, Perry Cumlow Show, Victor Boyce's 20th Anniversary, uh, and, and After Dark Shadows, went on to other soaps, uh, Another World Somerset, where she played the character of India Delaney. That's the name that I was blanking out on when we did the podcast yesterday, and I'm taping this uh, the day after. For the fans who are wondering what this is what this is about, Marie also was in The Guiding Light in 1978 as uh, John Z, as the character of John Z. She's been in the TV version of Fame, Fantasy Island, uh, and uh, in the 90s had the big pleasure of starring in a play called Eleanor of Aquitaine, which was directed by none other than Jonathan Frid. That was a very interesting uh, collaboration for them. 
and uh, so that takes care of the new stars. You know, the old ones, uh, Jonathan Frid, Grayson Hall, Laura Parker, who chews up the scenery, as well as Barnabas's neck as, uh, as Angelique the Vampire. And uh, two bites in one show. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing beats that. Um, Joe Crothers, who does a great uh, Joe Haskell, as usual, Catherine Lay Scott, who continues her excellent performance, uh, as Maggie Evans, Roger Davis, uh, who does uh, some nice work as uh, Jeff Clark, um, Vicky Winters, of course, who is portrayed by Alexandra Mulkey, uh, and we see her. Um, Clarice Blackburn comes in for a couple of episodes near the end of this block as Mrs. Johnson, and it's a good thing she does because Craig Slocum also has a few episodes as Harry Johnson, and quite frankly, he needs Clarice Blackburn to help pick up the mess. Uh, he's, you know, he's uh, it, it could be the writing, it could be the acting. I'm going to sit on the fence regarding this one. Uh, but one thing about Craig Slocum is that once again you see I believe that he had an essential dreamer. And once again, you can see when he's lifting, he's lifting the poison vial that Nicholas has given him to uh, poison Joe Haskell. And you can see his handshake as he lifts up the vial. Uh, so that essentially uh, are the three new additions. Actually, you should say two new additions and, and Tom Gorman's walk-on as an extra. And uh, now we will get to the bloopers. Now, when it comes to the bloopers, I'm once again not going to go over the numerous uh, scenes, and they are plenty here, of the mics, uh, the mic shadows, uh, the booms, and the mic shadows on the walls. You see them everywhere. You see them in Collinwood. You see them in the old house. Uh, I mean, I have never seen so many in this block as I've seen in the entire show. I don't know what was going on with the lighting. Uh, but uh, once again, uh, you have those there. In episode 592, uh, Adam uh, flubs it. Uh, I should say Robert Rodan. When Robert Rodan says, I should have let you go through with it, that's what he should have said. And he says, I should have let you go with it. John Carlin is very funny in episode 593. And this is not really a line blooper, but his Brooklyn accent comes out when he says, I need my sleep, you know. Episode 594, uh, Nancy Barrett comes out with a blooper when uh, she, uh, when uh, instead of saying, I suppose, the, oh, actually, it's a closed caption blooper. So uh, when, uh, when Nancy Barrett's Carolyn says, I suppose you should leave Collinsport, the closed caption blooper says, uh, and that's on Amer- uh, Amazon Prime, I suppose you should leave Collinwood. Writer's blooper. And 594, uh, Nicholas, instead of saying you needn't be afraid of anything, uh, Humpin' Island Australia says you needn't be afraid of nothing. Nice double negative there. Now you're going to see a number of bloopers in this block where the uh, characters are almost standing stock still. They're either waking, waiting for somebody to make their entrance or they're waiting probably for the director to give them a cue to proceed. And it may have been the director's fault because for a few seconds, and I, and I think you can see this with uh, Stokes, uh, Thayer David, Julian Barnabas, uh, they're just standing motionless in the uh, old house drawing room uh, for, I would say, five or six seconds, and then they start talking. And you see that in other uh, 
episodes as well. Now, now Jack Sullivan, aka Sean Du Sullivan, uh, directed these episodes, and he was new at the game. This might be a this might be a reason. Uh, I think one of the more in, more funny bloopers is with Joan Bennett. Uh, who has a few episodes as Elizabeth, uh, and of course she's continuing to believe that she will be buried alive. There's one point at which uh, Julia actually thinks she's dead and pronounces her dead, uh, but you can clearly see Joan Bennett breathing. Uh, her chest is going up and down, and you're going to see that a lot uh, among a number, a number of characters who apparently are dead or pretend to be dead, but they continue to breathe. They apparently can't hold their breath. Uh, so uh, that's fun. I find it great, by the way, that in, during the experimental scenes, Barnabas knows how to take a pulse. I guess Julia uh, taught him how to do that. Uh, and uh, and that's, of course, in episode ooh, five, uh, 595, you see that uh, especially. By episode 596, they didn't have a need for the Leona Eltridge character anymore, uh, who died during the experiment. Uh, and so they used a mannequin. Uh, Julia covers the dead body with a sheet, and at that point you can see a wisp of a blonde wig. So look very closely for that. You have to have a big set for that. And, of course, the you know, the famous uh, the famous blue, but they all... The, the, Eve, uh, who is dead and now resur- and reanimated, so to speak, uh, gets up and you can see she's wearing high-heeled shoes. Uh, not bad for a corpse uh, to be walking around with high-heeled shoes. Uh, you also see later on in this block, uh, Joe Crothers has to get out of bed. Uh, he's in Josette's room in the old house while he's recuperating from having tried to kill himself. And uh, Joe Crothers gets out of bed, and he's also wearing his shoes. So all these characters, while they're in bed, are wearing their shoes in bed so that they, when they get up, they don't have to spend needless time uh, putting on their shoes, uh, which would uh, which would be the normal thing to do, uh, but which has absolutely nothing to do with the show. People don't do normal things in Dark Shadows. You know that by now, if you're still with us. Also in that episode, you really almost see the fan that is propelling the curtains in Josette's room. So look closely for that if you're trivially inclined. Eve has an interesting line in 597, I do not like men or who are weak. Uh, well, Adam is the first one that she's met. Uh, now, is she talking about Danielle Roger? Maybe she is, but we don't know about that really, and we don't know until later. I was almost going to say, you know, Adam Adam, and Eve, uh, Adam is talking about going away with Eve, and he gives absolutely no uh, mention or realization that he's all scarred up, and how's he going to get a job, which he says he's going to do. How's he going to get a job? Uh, uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act weren't around, was not around in 1967 or 1968. We had to wait till the 90s for that to happen. And, of course, uh, that would not have prevented him in our time. Uh, our modern 21st century era from getting a job. But back then, yes. But it looks like that's all taken care of by the writers because Nicholas uh, tells Adam to wait and also brings up the fact that uh, he's going to get him to a plastic surgery uh, for plastic surgery so you can take care of that. So that's all taken care of. No blooper. Now, in episode 599, uh, Maggie is finally released from the mausoleum by David, if you recall, and uh, 
there's there's you wonder whether Maggie's going to be able to even walk out of there, but she's pretty very she's pretty agile in terms of being able to walk in the forest uh, alone. Um, Angelique goes back to wearing the for one episode uh, she goes back to wearing uh, the black uh, dressing gown, so to speak, as you know she's been wearing white shrouds up to now a.k.a. the Brides of Dracula. And now she uh, goes back to wearing what turns out to be Diana Malay's old dress. I guess they had to uh, to wash the uh, the white dress. Uh, so that's how they were able to take care of that. And that's in the scene where she uh, goes to Joe's apartment, starts to bite him, and Maggie discovers them. And uh, there's a blooper there uh, when Maggie discovers uh, the two of them uh, and Maggie starts to talk with Joe. Now, Angelique disappears, but you can actually hear footsteps. I have a feeling that was Lara Parker walking off the set so that uh, the scene with Joe and Maggie could continue. Also, in episode 599, Maggie is in uh, her apartment. Uh, her, I should say Maggie's in her house. And for the first time, I guess this was supposedly done by Sam when he was alive, you see a sketch of uh, a Barnabas. Uh, and it's really a sketch of Jonathan Fred and that's that's new, completely new. Uh, no, there was never any sketch shown uh, of him before. And of course, uh, it does make sense uh, because Sam did the painting of Barnabas. So it does make sense that he would have done a sketch before. But we don't see that prior to this episode. Now, one thing that you do see in this block, which is kind of interesting, as you've seen, um, they have gotten into a habit of of repeating the last scene of an ep- of an episode the next day as the first scene and they either uh just simply redo the tape of the of the last scene and they do that or they uh portray that new scene again uh if they felt that the last scene was of poor quality but in this block there are a lot of episodes where they start out with original scenes and that's interesting because that's what they used to do uh, during the first year of Dark Shadows. Uh, they did not rely on uh, the prior scenes, and they did new scenes. So they've gone back to that, at least temporarily. Amazon Prime's closed captioning once again comes to the blooper when they talk about Philippe Cordier, Eve's jilted lover. Uh, and it is, of course, revealed that Eve killed uh Philip Cordier in order to get rid of him, yet we get the the fact that he comes back to claim her as his own as his ghost two hundred years later and attacks uh, and attacks Barnabas. Uh, really, uh, actually, I'm sorry. He attacks. Well, you you guys take a look. I believe she attacks Barnabas, but I could be wrong. Uh, but uh, Philippe Cordier, the spirit of Philippe Cordier. Uh, by the way, isn't that fun to see? Jonathan Frid during the seance with Julian Stokes speak French. Uh, mon amour, mon amour, c'est moi, mon amour. Uh, not too much French, uh, but he uses a French accent which you usually do not hear uh, Barnabas talking about. So it, it is kind of, it is kind of cute to see that. And as you know, the only other time that occurred was during the first year when Vicky Winters uh, did a uh, Alexander Maltke as Vicky Winters did a great seance where she gave a great French speech um, 
And here in this episode, and that's episode 600, by the way, uh, in, in episode 600, where you see, where you have that seance, and, um, Eve, Eve becomes, uh, Marie Wallace's Eve becomes Garbo. I want to be alone. Well, in episode 601, uh, Craig Slocum's hair is out of place as Harry Johnson, uh, bad for the makeup artist. Once again, and now in the, in the episode that's 605, 606, where Angelique attacks Barnabas, then you see her reflection once again in the mirror, and it's never explained how Angelique, as a vampire, can have a reflection in the mirror. A technical blooper in episode 603, uh, you hear Roger ending a scene, and he's saying, I'll get it, but the camera switched too, uh, too quickly to Jeff outside the door. And so you hear Roger, it's almost like a voiceover saying, I'll get it. Uh, and once again, the uh, cameraman switched it up. The, the director gave the order too fast to switch. It's interesting that in episode 603, you see Peter Bradford's gravestone. And it says he died April 3rd, 1795. Quite accidentally... Uh, or I don't know if it was an accident, Roger Davis's birthday is on April 5th, two days after Peter Bradford died. Episode 604, closed caption blooper. Um, instead of, I think she's fainted, the closed caption blooper says, I think she's made it. Episode 604, I don't know whether this was a writer's blooper or an episode or, an, or a blooper on the part of Alexandra Moltke when she said that Julia and Barnabas were at the old house. And then the next thing you see is a scene where Julia and Barnabas are actually in Julia's room at Collinwood. And uh, then when Julia and Barnabas come down the stairs, Alexandra Moltke doesn't blink an eye. Episode, that was uh, episode uh, 604. Now in episode 605... Uh, now for the first time, 1795 is now 1796, and that's referred to by one of the characters. I mentioned this in the in the podcast, but it's worth mentioning, re-mentioning here. And in episode 606, um, so Nicholas is invited to a late dinner uh, with uh, Barnabas, Stokes, and Julia, while. Uh, and of course, Barnabas is not there because he's running off to try and kill Eve, and that's where he gets bitten by Angelique in episode 606. Uh, so they keep Nicholas talking and talking and talking, and Stokes is boring Nicholas to death uh, with histories of Collinwood and histories of the shipping business and so forth, uh, just to stall him. Whatever happened to that dinner? Uh, and how has that gotten? Did Willie cook the dinner? Uh, did Willie, did they order out? What happened? And in that same scene, Nicholas has just left, and you hear footsteps backstage as the scene is about to close. Did you ever notice, and we're going to talk about that more extensively in the podcast, that <laughs> Barnabas has been bitten, and he comes back, and he keeps his cape coat on uh, and sits down and in order to cover the wound marks on his neck. And, and, and neither Julia or Stokes, especially Julia, uh, ask him, why doesn't he take his coat off? In episode 607, you're going to hear some backstage chatter as uh, Angelique is uh, in Nicholas's house. And here there's a music uh, uh, blooper in uh, episode 607. So the, uh, we have the scene of the blue whale, and when you first hear the music, it's played at a slower speed, and then it's revved up 
uh, almost like uh, almost like a record player, and somebody had uh, their finger on the record uh, for some reason, and uh, that was slowing down the that was slowing down the speed. Anyway, it was uh, then goes back to the normal speed. There's a nice blooper in episode six oh seven. So Adam is reading a book. And uh, he's he's supposedly riffling through the pages. Well, it, it appeared that it was an old book, and whoever was looking for the book never really looked at it. And it looks like two of the pages are stuck together. So he tries to he, Robert Rodan tries to unstick the pages. He's unable to do so, and very cleverly, there's a there's a letter opener, which is by the way used as the knife that Joe will try to kill himself with. But anyway, there's a letter opener right next to Adam and he uses and, and, and Robert Rodan uses that to separate the pages so he can read the book. That's nice. Robert Rodan, rest in peace. That was very quick thinking. Great blooper in episode six oh seven, which we discuss a little more in the podcast, where the blue screen for the chroma key effect actually moves uh, into place while uh, Angelica and Nicholas are talking and you can see in the mirror the blue screen being wheeled into place uh, which uh, cuts off the scenery in episode 607 you have the one time that Nicholas has a love scene kissing Maggie and uh, you can while they're, they're, they're holding tight in a clinch and of course, uh, this is Angelique uh, and Joe are looking at this through the mirror. Uh, so they're trying to segue uh, into that into that next scene. And while they're holding t- and while they're kissing and holding tight, um, Catherine Lee Scott gives gives uh, Humper down the straight a little little shrug in the shoulders, and it's almost as if uh, she's trying to keep from laughing. Uh, but that, of course, is a guess on my part. And then, uh, while they're kissing, uh, Humper Down the Strader gives a slight smirk. You can see that in his, in his lips. So I think they're both trying to keep from laughing during that scene. Episode 608, uh, first episode of Barnabas with an ascot. Uh, I guess he couldn't keep wearing his cape coat uh, around the house all the time. Uh, that, I think, uh, people would have been suspicious about. So he decides to wear an ascot. And once again, Julia does not ask him why he's wear- why all of a sudden he's always worn uh, a suit and tie. Now, all of a sudden, he's wearing an ascot. Julia never uh, thinks to uh, confront him on that. Episode 609. Uh, while Harry and Carolyn are talking in the garden, the camera apparently moves out of place. Uh, I don't know whether the cameraman lost grip on the camera. And instead of focusing on them, you see the camera lurch right to the fountain and stays there for a few seconds before it lurches back to Carolyn and Harry. Episode 610. You really get a good look at Vicky's flattened hair. And you wonder whether that's a wig or whether she was flat ironing her hair. And they did that back then in the 60s. It looks pretty nice, whichever way it was done. Real plot issue. Uh, it was mentioned by Jeff. Now uh, he's starting a, a new job in a couple of days. Where did that come from? Uh, the less we heard of a job, uh, Roger wanted to offer him a job in the last block where he'd have to uh, go to Boston for uh, for some kind of sales uh, job, and uh, and Jeff Clark refused it. I'll, I'll start it next week because, of course, his job was uh, at that point was to uh, assist with the experiment. Plus, Angel 
Malik had him in her thrall at that point. And remember also that uh, Nicholas caught Angelique, by the way, uh, biting Jeff, and uh, erased all memory of the vampiric experience with Jeff in addition to making him whole again, and now there are no more marks, and he has no idea what happened. But uh, he t- but Jeff Clark talks about a new job. What's that about? Uh, now, I know they've gotten back together, uh, but but hey, uh, who's offering Jeff a job? Is that Roger again? What's happening there? Grayson Hall gives a rare blooper as Julia in episode 613 when she says, I'm going to fix the get some more medicine. She, uh, she stumbled on that line and picked herself up. And in episode 613, that's the, that's the scene where Joe gets out of bed with his shoes off. Now, in episode 614, it's really kind of funny. So Roger is in the cemetery, and he actually quotes, he's, he's reading from the tombstone, uh, Josiah Collins, uh, date of death, uh, June 15th, 1863, which would, uh, it, it actually Jonah Collins, excuse me, it's Jonah Collins. Uh, date of uh, date, date of death June fifteenth eighteen sixty three which would make him twenty three years old which would mean he was born in eighteen forty years later we and I don't want to give too much away dark shadows will come to the year eighteen forty and there is no mention of Jonah Collins in that block in that series of blocks. And this is obviously long before the writers even envisioned that they'd be going back to 1840, so they thought they'd get away with it. And finally, in episode 614, I'm going to leave you with Mrs. Johnson, uh, who calls, he says, she calls Mr. Barnabas and, and so forth, and she's referring to them by the last name, and she calls Roger Collins Mr. Roger. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and it's a beautiful day at Collinwood. And now with that, thank you very much for listening. Let's get back to the show. This is the Dark Shadow Synopsis for Episodes... 592-2-614. Carolyn appears to be dead, but later her body is missing from Josette's room. When Julia tries to hypnotize Maggie, she recognizes Julia's medallion. Nicholas calls up the spirit of Danielle Roger to be used as the new life force. Adam brings Leona Eldridge to be used as the life force to create Eve. Stoke reveals Leona is a reincarnation of the evil Danielle Roger from the 18th century. Spirits lead Barnabas and Stokes to his basement where Leona's body has disappeared. After seeing Willie leave the mausoleum's secret room, David investigates. Barnabas fears that Maggie will reveal his long-hidden secret. Eve tells Nicholas that she hates Adam and wants to kill him. Harry Johnson informs Nicholas of Eve's plan. Nicholas sends for Angelique. Nicholas stops Angelique from biting Jeff. Adam brings Eve to Nicholas's basement. Elizabeth is found in the graveyard and brought home where she appears to be dead. After being declared dead, Elizabeth revives Victoria decides to give Jeff another chance. Barnabas goes to Nicholas's house with the intention of killing Eve. Nicholas orders Angelique not to see Barnabas again without his permission. Joe comes to Angelique, but she rejects him. In a rage, Joe stabs himself. Elizabeth takes Joe's body to Julia, who discovers wounds on Joe's neck. 
Eve sees Jeff waiting for Victoria. Later, she calls him by the name of Peter Bradford. Nicholas sends Eve back to the 18th century to meet Peter when he first lived. Nicholas proposes to Maggie that they become husband and wife. Angelique orders Barnabas to force Joe to drink poison medicine. Juliet catches Barnabas attempting to poison Joe, who later tries to strangle Barnabas. Joe is found unconscious in the mausoleum and later confesses he attempted to kill Barnabas. And that's the Dark Shadows and Synopsis from episodes 594 to 614. Welcome back to the Literary License Podcast. We're discussing Dark Shadows, episodes 592 to 614. And starting with you, Vicki, what are your thoughts about these episodes? Oh, my God. I don't know why this block was so entertaining. I don't know. I don't know if it's good. I found a lot of it kind of almost comical. Maybe it's because it's so retro back. And, you know, I don't remember a lot of these. Like I said, I was really young when these came out. But I, I got a, I, I, I mean, when it starts off, I mean, like there's something that goes wrong with the experiment. You know, we're trying to uh, get a mate for uh, Adam. Adam, you know, and, and he's like, you know, like I always say, he's like, you know, Mr. Spock that's got the seven year itch and he's just wanting, you know, his mate, but he's still at the same time, still kind of, you know, got the hots for Carolyn and Carolyn appears to be dead apparently, you know, yep. but her body disappears. And, you know, you kind of know, like, in the back of your mind that Nicholas is behind this somehow. I mean, I don't know how he made her disappear and how... I still haven't figured Nicholas out if he's, like, a warlock type of dude or if he's, like, the de- Satan's right-hand man. You know, they I never really come, they never really come out and say it, you know? No, they don't. Combination of both. And... Uh, we and of course, when uh, Penny Dreadful, aka Danielle, was here last time, we kind of, we we kind of discussed that, and there's still a some controversy in the fandom as to whether he was a warlock or the devil's helper. But yeah. I do believe that he was a minor demon uh, because uh, you know. And later on, not in this block, and I don't want to give too much away. You're going to see his real relationship with the netherworld, and uh, he has a very direct one, as well as Angelique, by the way. Which well, we, the thing. Angelique is a very powerful witch or was a very powerful witch and she has been reduced to you know the peasantry of vampirism <laughs> you know which is it's a good look for her I have to admit there's some kind of sexy scenes between her and Jonathan Fred oh, like boy. the double whammy episode oh boy and this is what I was talking about or alluding to in prior blocks where now she goes after Barnabas yeah. puts the bite on him two bites in one episode Yeah, uh, that is is real. I mean, they, boy, she was taking chunks out of him. And this was the, uh, but, you know, but once again, uh, you know, you bring out some great points, Vicki. I mean, uh, this is, uh, this is, this is, there's some really good stuff. There's a really stuff that you can chew on, if you don't mind the pun, uh, with this block. I mean, we also get, um, Danielle. We get Carolyn. He comes back, um, basically, she hasn't disappeared. She's back in the house, yeah. um, acting a bit um, cautiously, I guess. She's in full health. She doesn't but, even seem like anything's yeah, happened. But then we, then we kind of cut to Julia 
going to hypnotize Maggie with that to make her forget because how did you guys remember how she started remembering I can't remember I'm having a a moment well basically Willie um decides to hide her from Adam oh that's right okay locks her up in the mausoleum that's where everything comes back start connecting and then she gets her memory back right but right but it's kind of I mean it was the scene was very very well done between Maggie yeah Hoffman, but you do kind of wonder, like, well, if she's getting her memory back. Obviously, she's going to remember the medallion, which, of course, she does. She did. Well, that's um, an awful looking piece of jewelry. I'm sorry. It looks I'm like sure a manhole. It. it looks like a manhole cover. Okay. <laughs> it, looks, it actually looks like one of those 1970s um, man-made Christmas tree ornaments that used to make. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'll tell you, I'm sure it's worth a lot of money today if anybody can ever get their hands on it. I mean, that is. Yeah, really but it's, it's probably yeah. I would. I saw, always wondered what happened to the Jonathan Fred neat, neat. picture and the rings and all the props. And I'm sure they're out there somewhere. Well, there are different stories in terms of where they went. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the canes, for instance, you know, they, they bought them in bulk uh, just in case he needed to take a cane and they needed, you know, so forth. Barnabas doesn't even have a limp. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he uses it to walk. Is it like a gentleman's stick? It's like a dandy. Of kind of like a dandy uh, in a way. And, uh, you know, that, that and the ring. It's a fashion, it's a fashion it's accessory, a, not a medical accessory. Okay, well, it's exactly. got a, oh, doesn't definitely. it have a knife in it? Doesn't it have a... No, it doesn't, but it, doesn't? it should. It should. I don't know why I thought it had a knife. Okay. Well, because I think a lot of canes during that time did have that accessory. And uh, only like in Jack the Ripper movies, and that maybe it. that's what I'm it thinking always about. Feel like Jack the Ripper pulling out a knife out of a cane, or I, I always I watch so many CD horror movies. No wonder I got all these ideas. Though I have to tell you a true story, and uh, I mean, I had gotten the cane, and you could get it at in New York at Sam's. Well, they they went out of business, but Sam's Umbrella Shop had the. Uh, German silver alpaca canes at the time. For oh, like those are pretty. Bucks. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I got, and I, so I had a Barnabas cane. And <laughs> many years ago, I met a blind date with it. Uh, and we were, I was meeting her on the subway in New York City. And unbeknownst to me, she brought a friend. I was annoyed at that. She brought uh, a friend to your date? That's right. I was annoyed <laughs> at that. I was very annoyed at that. Oh, no, no. Two for the price of one. <laughs> Perhaps she heard me talk like this on the phone and she was wondering. Anyway, so she brought this. So I came with the cane. So, I mean, so the girl, so the girl and I did not hit it off, but her friend said, oh, that's a very nice cane that you have. And while we were talking, somebody came came up to try to mug us. Oh, my God. uh, Ask for money. I brandished the cane at him. And I said, don't you come near, don't you come near us. And he was like, ah, ah, and he ran off. Well, the girl said, oh, that was so unnecessary. Her friend said, I like what you did. Here's my number. <laughs> I like- so, so you never know. You never know how these things. No, uh, you know. Uh, well, you know, someone's going to mug me and there's a guy there. I would honestly hope that he would help me defend myself. Exactly. Exactly. And I told the story. Were so, muggings were just so, just so, it's cliche. Mm. If you, everybody, I haven't been mugged, but most of my friends have been mugged at least once. Oh, so I guess I'm, I'm not batting a thousand. <laughs> That's nice to know. I, I told this story to Jonathan many years later and he didn't believe it. I go, believe it, believe it. I go, that's what, you know, that's what happened. Um, uh, but, but anyway, go ahead, Keith. Go ahead. 
I mean, what we also get is the story of Nicholas um, calls yeah. it the school of Daniel Roget to be used. Yes, yes, yes. To um, serve as the light force. The story of Daniel Roget, was this a real person or is this a fictional person? For she Dark was a, no, I mean, in the I Dark Shadows she was, world, she I, was. Well, I thought, I'm going to look it up. That's what I do. <laughs> I don't think Danielle Roger was a real person. Uh, she well, was certainly the. Was she the, like a witchy person, or was she like a just a murderess? She was an evil murderess. Okay, uh, and one of the most <laughs> evil women that the French Revolution ever produced. And uh, Philippe Cordier. Apparently, as it turns out, during his walk, we find out she murdered Philippe Cordier. But he still was in love with her, and he tried to get her back. And, and it was amazing to me how somebody, I mean, she probably, she killed the man, but he's still, but he's still going after her. And uh, you see this great scene of the seance and Jonathan speaking French, uh, you know, and it was at least French that we all understood. Mon amour, Daniel, mon amour. Yeah, yeah. Avec moi, mon amour. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, as opposed to when Vicky did. What's that? Whoa, whoa. Oh, monsieur. Parfait. Woohoo. That was 10 years before yeah. its time. Um, but. But yeah, I, I, I think that uh, that was uh, that, that, of course. And, you know, you see the interplay here now between Julia, Barnabas and Stokes. Very interesting interplay. It's taking over. Stokes is really taking over Willie, uh, what Willie used to do. In well, he figures of- out that Leona Eldridge is also an anagram yes. for Danielle Roger, which I would have never figured Correct. out. But he did. Correct. Now the actress Erica Fitz, I'd like to see where she is if she's still alive. I think she's on IMDb still. Yeah, she yeah, does. Yeah. She does have a history still. She, she was in two episodes. Very pretty little. Very pretty. Yeah, lady. she's very pretty. She did uh, Erica Fitz. Uh, she's 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 an actress. She's from Chicago, mm-hmm. and she did portray um, Danielle Roger and Leona Eldridge. And mm-hmm. I can't get my phone to cooperate. Remember here is remember this storyline about this character because this storyline is going to change before the end of this book. <laughs> yeah. So, which I found was like, okay. Yeah, that was that, that new twist. Okay. That was kind of like, wasn't expecting that at all. She was in, she was um, in Hercules in New York. In New York. NYPD. Uh, believe it or not, she was in Hawk, which was a movie in 1966 with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And she was born on May 25th, 1942. So she might still Was be she alive. okay with dying so that, you know, Danielle can come back? Or was she hypnotized kind of thing? No, she, she was okay with What? She died and came back as another actress. Yeah, well, there's that. Because, you know, because there's that... There's a couple of little um, plot holes in this block that, you know, we'll get to. But one of the block holes is this, is that they're going to use her as the life force. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So now the question basically is, is that Eve, because Eve is the life force of this person. But then we get this woman who's basically, what, they just take a whole female corpse in its entirety and they use that? Because there's well, no... they put her together? They didn't she didn't have a head. Woman. What? 
She didn't have a head, remember? Yeah, well, she's got one that's welded on now. I mean, <laughs> but she doesn't have any. She had a good plastic surgeon, whereas Adam did not. But we're waiting <laughs> on a plastic surgeon, right? Before well, as they actually up. mentioned, and it's a good thing that Nicholas says one of the things we're going to do is get you to a plastic surgeon because Adam is already run out into the real world with those scars. Good yeah. luck. Good luck with that. And, uh, you know, Adam at first says, gee, that's a great idea. And then he says, oh, I don't care. I just want to get us out of here. Uh, but uh, you've I, got a more miserable spirit to inhabit a body. <laughs> well, that's well, that's for sure. I mean, uh, to be honest, you know, after, you know, her interview will be up in. Marcia, I mean, Marcia Wallace is a lovely human being, but I mean, she's a beautiful person. Wallace, like, you're, watching, you're watching her on the screen, it's like, God, what a what a difference! I know. I she's so good at it too. She's I excellent, mean, and you're going to see her later on as another character in the 1897 block, yeah, which is her most famous. Uh, the fans loved her most for that. Uh, but yes, this is the first appearance of Marie Wallace's Eve. And uh, she was quite, she was quite scintillating, I think, in terms of the. She's uh, very beautiful. Very, very beautiful, sexy. Very... Extremely. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't like the outfit they got her in because her outfit reminds me more of a, a vampire kind of. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Well, what's with Angelique's outfit, though, too? Because, I mean, the... why are they putting shrouds on these women? I mean, it is 1968. Brides well, of Dracula, I, mean, I think. Hers actually looks like a nightie. It looks like she's wandering around in her Yeah, body. she's running around to Collinwood. In Although in now, one episode, she comes back in the Laura outfit uh, when I think she's... Uh, well, she not that bites, horrible black dress again. Yeah, she bites Joe in the apartment and, and Maggie <laughs> discovers him. And, Finally. You know, and like Maggie's okay, like, oh, I know now. I know everything. And then she forgets oh, it. Poor Joe, you want to talk about one of the poorest, poorest sods in the whole planet and these block was Joe. <laughs> poor Joe. And, Joe. And, and quite frankly, I mean, the man's life is completely ruined. And then, of course, once he find, once Angelique finds Barnaby, she says, okay, I don't need you anymore and rejects him and tells him to go and tells Poisoned him, I don't, him. You know, maybe you'll get back with Maggie. I don't care what you do. You That's where I got confused here. a little bit. So you got Nicholas asking, you know, uh, Harry, right? Yeah. To go and kill Joe. But then all of a sudden, Angelique is telling Barnabas to also go poison Joe. Because the two of them aren't communicating. Angelique, first of all, can't let Nicholas know that she wants to get rid of Joe. Right. Right. Because what, you know, Nicholas said, you keep Joe occupied. It's not like, Cause Joe to commit suicide. You keep him occupied, so as I go for Maggie, and right. so so Angelique's going against Nicholas's biding here anyway. But, again, but then but then Nicholas here, realized. So. But then Nicholas realized that uh, Joe that Maggie still had feelings for Joe, so right. that's why Nicholas just said, "Well, I don't give a damn." He goes, "He's got to go," and uh, that's why. In the meantime, yes, there's that plot with Craig Slocum in that yellow suit that, as I told Vicky, reminded me of a cross between puke yellow and piss green, as they said in American Graffiti. Yeah, it was kind of, maybe it was the lighting and the way the filming was, but that wasn't. The lighting was horrible. The lighting was I, horrible. I don't, I don't, I don't think it ha- I don't think his ginger hair adding to the ensemble. No, the color, the, <laughs> no, no, his whole color was not, does not, that kind of hair color and skin tone does not go with yellow when it washes you out. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and of course, Clara's. And I did learn. Yeah. 
Clive's Blackbird makes it. Well, I mean, his act, I mean, his acting style leaves a lot oh, yeah. to be desired. I have to sit there and say. <laughs> um, and and I think that if you, I mean, I, I he's surrounded by a lot of strong actors in in this. Yes, in this. he is. Especially and Clive's Blackbird. Especially. Yeah. But even, you know, Nicholas, he's got scenes with Nicholas, he's got scenes with um, various other people. And what you basically get is he has a habit of delivering his lines like like he's in a school play. You know, there's like no feelings, no emotions. Like he's just saying the lines like, you know, the rest is like, why? Why are you asking me that? And that's the way he delivers his lines. And you're like, right. give him a voiceover. We have to get inside his head before he's killing Barnabas. And you're like, oh God, no, please, let's not get inside his head. He talks monotone anyway. <laughs> well, well then f- on top of that, yeah. you got Maggie. You know, how many times are they going to erase this poor girl's memory? Because now she sees Joe being attacked by Angelique. Right. And Barnabas' survival is important because of Adam. And so Nicholas erases Maggie's memory again. So, I mean, you got Julia erasing Maggie's memory. You got Nicholas erasing Maggie's memory. I mean. Yeah, well, Maggie, <laughs> Julia didn't succeed the first, the, the second time. The first time around she did. The second so time big, she did. Well, so that's Nicholas, why they kept her in the. This one might stick now because this one's actually done through magic. It's not done through hypnosis. So now we're going through the more magical realm. Okay. And and so Nicholas succeeded in doing that. And of course, again, now once you still see Angelique's reflection in the mirror after she bites Barnabas for the first time, and that's used as a special effect, but nobody has ever explained why Angelique's reflection, uh, because she's a vampire, is in the mirror. Yeah, you can see her in the mirror, mirror on the wall thing. Exactly, exactly. Although <laughs> there, they Nicholas, st- like, maybe that's it. Maybe Nicholas is a maybe Nicholas is a descendant of the evil queen from Snow White. Possibly. <laughs> Everybody needs a magic mirror. I'm just exactly. trying to figure out where they got the magic. I know it's a scrying mirror. I know where they're doing that. You know, witchy wise, I get it. And did you see that blooper about them actually moving the blue screen into place? Yeah. And that, that was the funny. That was a funny. I thing. know it was all. Yeah, it was all blue. Wasn't it? <laughs> and you can actually see the edges of the blue screen effect, uh, the chroma key, as they're actually moving it into effect for the shot. Uh, so there's a lot of bloopers in this episode, and a lot of them are technical flubs. Uh, yeah. you, there are so many shadows of mics on the walls. Yeah. It's disgusting. It really, it really, really is. It's like the whole crew went out to lunch. Maybe they had this Zinfandel that I'm that I just been drinking. But uh, you know, but the other thing, well, there's some weird scene um, repositions, like. You know, I think, for instance, when they go to Eagle Hill um, Cemetery, basically, and they show like a real cemetery, the picture, and it's a a gorgeous picture. Yes, yes. And then you get onto the set, it's like, it makes the set look more like a set than it ever did before. So you're thinking, why use this picture? Because now you made this thing look more fake than what it is. I know it's it's really. But back then it was you know things like this was so it was such a you know kind of a pioneer kind of show you didn't really yes. care back then you know we yeah, know now because we're so used to all the special effects lighting this and that you almost don't need people to act anymore. Well, normally like when they go to Eagle Hill Cemetery, normally what you got is they just they're just in the cemetery. You don't really get like pictures of real tombstones or anything like that. But this time, for some reason, they decided to do this. And I don't think, I don't think this, I think this is the first time they actually did this, actually, because I don't remember 
jarring us like this. And it's like they show this picture, this fantastic picture of the cemetery, and then yeah. they go into the the cemetery set, and it's like the this it was kind of bizarre because it's like because normally it's like you see the outside of the house, and then what happens is you know they don't shoot like they don't have a scene outside the house. You go inside the house, and that's what the set is. So you don't really, you know what I mean. So it's got. So it's like okay. well, Nicholas's house always cracks me up. You know how they show the house, like mm-hmm. that, the house, that house is like it's superimposed upon another picture somewhere. It looks like they cut out the outside of the house and just stuck it up something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like I was like, there's no tree, there's no trees or anything around the house whatsoever. It's just there. Just, uh, it reminds me of a shadow box. Remember making the shadow boxes when we were in school? That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, it's just very bizarre. And of then, course, um, and, and of course, you know, you do have the, you know, the continuing uh, Joan, you know, and of course, this is one of your favorites, Keith, with Joan Bennett with the, uh, uh, with, oh with the, 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 mausoleum. The, the mausoleum, which he ordered and Roger, Roger just takes the, takes the hammer and just bashes and just it, bashes the whole thing. And, uh, and I think that she thought that that, that, that model of the mausoleum that's the mausoleum that she thought she was going to be buried in. So I think she thought she was going to actually be buried in the model itself because it's like, you ruined it. It's never going to, it's like, it's a model. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, then, they, then here's another kind of weird blooper as well. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to have a mausoleum. I'm going to be built. I'm going to build the mausoleum. And then the next thing we get to her, she's at the cemetery. Right. You know, at Peter Bradford's grave. And then she's like, I'm going to be in the ground. It's like, make up your mind woman. Are you going to be in the ground? Or are you going to be remember beetlejuice that reminded me of beetlejuice yeah. too, for some reason i felt like saying beetlejuice three times and in a very weird trivial thing and i hadn't even mentioned this uh, i had spoken to i had spoken to roger davis over the past couple of days and the the peter bradford's uh tomb is a stone is there right and it says that he was uh he died on april 3rd or was it March 3rd? I think it was April 3rd, uh, 1795. Well, Roger's birthday is two days later. Uh, so it's really, you know, that, that, that that's really... But uh, that must be also, did you not catch when he's talking to David? And David said Peter Bradford died during the Revolutionary War. Right, right, right. And that's So another, I was trying to figure out what was going on with that. Well, that was another uh, mistake. Uh, you know, one among one among many. Because um, I was like, didn't he? Okay, he died in seventeen ninety five. I mean, it, it's like okay. Well, the civil the well, civil war. The Revolutionary War officially ended, though. The Revolutionary War officially 1789, ended. Seventeen eighty nine was it? It was after okay seventeen seventy six. It was about seventeen eighty nine. Yeah. Yeah. We still had like altercations with the British. All the way through to well, we skirmished all that crap all the way to eighteen twelve and all that. You know that yeah, never stopped. Yeah. But yeah. so yeah, so I was kind of wondering, like, when? Did, I mean, all that everyone thinks like seventeen seventy six and all this other stuff, but I mean, that's like <laughs> that's not what events or things, so. right? But it was I mean, just kind of confused me because it's, I'm okay, not, I'm honest, I don't think Peter Bradford was a soldier type of guy anyway. No, I didn't think he fought the, the Revolutionary War. I just didn't think he. I don't know. I no, no, it was he, he died. Maybe they maybe they painted his backstory a little bit better as far as <laughs> give him more backlighting. Yeah, give him give him because to be honest, you might not have cared if he was just a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. <a> <laughs> 
he was a lawyer back in the back in the 1700s oh my god how boring is that but poor liz though i mean liz just i mean i don't know what they were thinking with liz so i mean i have to sit there and say this storyline is very very bizarre i mean i i mean is this like wait? Is this like a leftover residual for when Angelique made her feel like she needed on, to die and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still going on. They're milking it for, they're milking it for what it's worth. Well, it's kind of it's kind of becoming the thing is is like what what became quite heart wrenching and sad is becoming quite. It's turning into a bit of a comedy. It's almost like a little bit of a comedy because you know. Well, you for us, it is. About that. And, then, and then what happened? And I mean, this is the worst. And then she goes running off to Eagle Hill Cemetery, and, and we still Passes don't know. Where, still don't know where the cemetery is for wherever. They declare it is. her dead, and then she comes to all of a sudden. I knew you were going to do it. Well, well, on top of that, it's like we we get Jeff coming in with the worst apology ever. He's like. I found your engagement <laughs> ring. Will you have me? And she's like, it's just, and Victoria's like, I'm not impressed sort of thing. Right. And he's like, oh, you, know, you don't want me back. So it's like, okay, fine. And it's like, oh, Elizabeth's gone missing. Oh, let's go look for her. And then he brings her back. He's like, oh, Jeff, I forgive you. You brought back Mrs. Stoddard. In the meantime, <laughs> it's very interesting. So basically, the moral of that story is, if you break up with your girlfriend, dump their mother out in the cemetery somewhere and bring them back half dead. And you're going to forgive you. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. That's for sure. <laughs> and and in a later and in a later block, and I don't want to get into it too much. I mean, what what groom and they will get married, and what groom decides to dig a grave the night of the wedding, uh, and you'll and you'll and you'll see that happen. But I had spoken actually with Roger Davis, uh, and I am in touch with him, and I had spoken with him in the past uh, couple of nights, and he actually took a look at those episodes um, on Amazon Prime. And one of the things he noticed, what he, he he says, I can't believe that I approached that. I was so angry when uh, you know the way that character came off, and I can't for the under, uh, for the life of me. But he did actually. There was some very interesting that. So while he was doing that, he was in a play on Broadway, or it was off of Broadway, or whatever. But he had to perform at night while he went in during the day. He wound up learning his lines during the morning, uh, at the morning rehearsal. He wound up learning his lines for that day's shoot on Dark Shadows. So that I think was a it was a tremendous amount of pressure for him. And so I think that you know that 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 contributed. But he actually said he goes, "Boy, that character was really uh, Jeff Clark. He couldn't believe it. That character was really outrageous." as opposed to Peter Bradford, who had a head on his shoulders. And we were discussing that last episode. Uh, and, and, and he agreed with you, Keith, that, uh, that Jeff Clark was a jerk uh, in terms, in terms of it. And it was interesting uh, to see that kind of... Uh, but he also felt that, uh, that Alexander's performance... You know, he talked about Harry Johnson's performance being wooden. He felt that Alexander's performance was wooden as well. She seemed to be walking through. And he attributed that she was pregnant at the time. And he attributed she that. Yes, yeah, she was. Yes, yes. She was near. This was near the time when she would leave the show to, to have the. And she was not happy with the way the Vicky character was going. She didn't like. The I don't blame that. her. Actually, they did not give her any diversity. That's right. That's right. Well, they, I think she was a really too interesting. Shoes. What was interesting about Vicky is, is that basically Vicky would be in the middle of any kind of suspense or anything kind of story that's going on. 
I think now we got a lot of characters. So there's a lot of characters that are being pushed to the side here. And Victoria, it's almost like they're bringing her in to remind you who she is. And they give her a couple things to do. And then she's gone, but doesn't really have anything to do with the major storylines that are going around. They're kind of like these, you know, oh, Jeff, I no longer, you know, Jeff, you know, I no longer want to be with you. Oh, Jeff, we're back together. And that's it. You know, there's nothing... Or I'm worried about Mrs. Stoddard. And that's 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 pretty much Victoria Winters in this whole block here. Yeah, yeah. she didn't get a whole lot of action. Mrs. Stoddard, you, uh, we need to worry about what's going on with her. Jeff and I are back together. And yeah, they didn't give her a lot to do. I agree. They didn't give her a lot to do. And you can see she's really walking through yeah. uh, her lines. Right? Other than- you notice they're developing Maggie's character. To yeah. Be- they're 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 grooming the Maggie yep. character to take over the Victoria Winters character yep. because exactly. the situations that we're finding Maggie in are normally the situations that Victoria would be in. Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, you know with yes. you know, Barnabas or you know or, or not not with Joe, but not with the Joe character. But you know you can sense the transition. Yeah, you would basically see you know if it wasn't for Joe and Maggie, then then it probably would be Victoria and Jeff Clark in that role of. You know, Angelique going after Jeff Clark, and well, know, that was the other thing, yeah. And, and Nicholas, of course, uh, realizing that Angelique was going after Jeff and uh, and stopped that from occurring, and then Nicholas uh, hypnotizing Jeff for doing whatever he had to do, taking the marks away from him. Angelique so Jeff- is totally playing the field. <laughs> well, no. Once she found Barnabas, that was it. That was yeah, it. That yeah, was she hit. Yeah, she hit her yeah, that, that was over, and she's met Bud. Of course, Adam is now experiencing the neck bites. Yeah, uh, well, it never he had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> now this is another thing that I'm not sure was a blooper or a, a problem with the writers or something's going on here. But the thing is, from what we understand, is that basically Barnabas is not going to be a vampire. Because as long as Adam's alive, basically right. that's the right. Thing and he takes and so that but, therefore but, that but Adam life, feels is my force is implanted into Adam. So therefore, right. if you choke an Adam, Barnabas is choked. If you bite right. Barnabas, right. Adam is. But then what we get here, which is kind of bizarre, is that Angelique bites Barnabas at the end of this block. Yeah. And then he had, then she has control over Barnabas, but he's not a vampire. So how would she have control? Will she have control over him? No, well, she is yes, a vampire. because he's not a vampire anymore. He's human. Precisely. Yeah. So her bite, so her bite that he gives her gives to Angelique spices to get Barnabas. Really, she have no effect on Barnabas. Really, as long well, as no, but 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 happens. he is human. So in other words, he is human. So she's essentially made the slave out of him. Right. And which is what she wants to keep. She wants to keep him in control until but, she eventually turns him. But from what I understanding now is from vampirism so far as what we've learned far as Barnabas is and Angelique so far up until this point mm-hmm. is that they bite them. They put that that puts them under their spell because what's happening is, is that the blood's going into their system and it's turning them into. Right. Either, eventually they'll become a vampire person. Right. And so, therefore, the 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 entrancement and all the other stuff goes along with the bite because of the vampire blood inside them, I imagine, or whatever they're shooting, mm-hmm. whatever's coming through the fangs. Well, I wondered that too because I thought, well, he's already been a vampire. Would he not be a little immune? Yeah, I thought I, I thought he'd be more. I just thought he'd be more immune because well, just because like you because well, he, he would have a strong a strong constitution maybe against well, it at least. I just, was thinking, 
I would say that if, he's, if Angelique's fighting Barnabas, and that way that Angelique should have control over Barnabas and Adam, right? Right. That's it's interesting. That's an interesting point because she doesn't exactly have the same control over Adam that she does over Barnabas. So there's a partial. The the, the partial effect is is that uh, Adam feels very weak, very drained, and that uh, what you call it, uh, and he's got the bites, but he doesn't feel drawn to Angelique the way Barnabas. Barnabas fights it constantly, but he knows that he's drawn to her. It's a more traditional thing. Adam doesn't feel as drawn, but he's scared of her. And he and he doesn't want to be in the same room with her. And uh, she's, like, surprised to see it happen, but she really doesn't do anything about it, you know, because it's as... Because, because well, she's vampires are really the most selfish kind of supernatural creature out there, right. basically. Yep. And let's talk about Adam. What a little bitch. he's just always upset about everything i mean poor eve i wouldn't like him either you know (laughs) Eve hates him she tells nicholas i don't like him i don't want him you know and and nicholas says well all you have to do is pretend you like him but now considering that she wants that he wants her to have his children so that they can create a race that's his gig right is that what he's yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's like, the reason why he wanted Eve and, and Adam because that's going to be the new master race. Though, so, I mean, let's face it, it's not going to happen in any timeline soon enough because it's going to take a while for this master race to repopulate over and over. But if they're, yeah, but if they're like supernatural cre- creatures put together by, you know, whatever means, they even might be able, able to, to. Even if she's able to spit out a baby every three months, it's going to take a while for those three babies to grow up and spit out other things. Sort of like the vampires in Van Helsing. Remember seeing Van Helsing? They had little sacks of vampires everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those it's one of those plans that sounds good on paper, but it is flawed when you put it into realistic terms here. As far and you know, I also thought it was funny uh, when while Barnabas, of course, goes to Barnabas is supposed to kill Eve and sees Angelique and yeah, oh my and god, he, everybody's but, trying to kill everybody. In, in the meantime. <laughs> Uh, Stokes and Julia keep Nicholas occupied in the old house while Barnabas is doing this and there's supposedly this dinner uh, at 10, 10, 10, 30. Yeah, what see, whatever happened to the dinner? You never see the dinner. All they do is talk to each other and, and Stokes is giving uh, Nicholas an academic lecture which will put even me to sleep uh, on, uh, <laughs> I know. On, on, you know, on the college family and the construction industry. Well, they should know by now that Nicholas is always one step ahead Oh, absolutely. Well, no, they don't know that. Were... Barnabas giving a dinner party. Who's doing the cooking? <laughs> I was going to wonder about when that. When you think Willie? Willie was hope- well, you know, over, Willie over, over a campfire in the back in the backwoods. Over in the fireplace, cooking like this. I think they ordered out. I think they ordered from the local. Well, it's not uh, like they have. Uber I think they must eats, have ordered from the know? blue whale. Probably yeah. Blue Whale had a takeout service or something. Uber Eats from the Blue Whale, yeah. <laughs> On top of that, you got Sicilian pizza menu. <laughs> Barnabas is on the menu, basically. But Angelique bites Barnabas. Now he's under her power. And then Nicholas says she can't see Barnabas anymore without permission. Right. And then, Ange- then Joe's upset because Angelique 
rejects him, right. and then Joe Price stabs himself in a jealous it. rage. Right. Why right. stab yourself? No woman is worth that. He doesn't want well, but he's he's gone already. He's got no self esteem left. And Joe wants to stab Angelique, but he can't stab Angelique. Yeah. So, so it's more of a like he turns it into himself. He turns it into poor Joe. Out. He's the saddest sack I've ever I'm seen. Hoping, and basically that that's like that's the classic. I mean, I think I don't, I think that was that was quite clever because that's the classic thing that you know I'm going to kill you. Oh no, you can't. Then I'll kill myself, and you'll feel guilty for my death, sort of thing. And I think it's mm. more of a play along those things. I make the other person feel guilty because they've driven you this way. Of course, Angelique's not going to feel any of that because she has no right. Favorite. I think and give give Joe Kravitz credit for what credit is due. I think he did a very good job uh, portraying. I he did. Think, yeah, I don't think there was a lot of overacting there. The way well, as his makeup was pretty, you could tell that he was emaciating and suffering and sickly because they made right. his the makeup. I thought on Joe was pretty good. He looked like yeah. a sick son of a gun. He did. Yeah, but uh, yeah. there's something that we need to mention. Okay, he goes out in the woods. Barnabas finds him <laughs> in a mausoleum wherever. This mausoleum, everyone knows what this mausoleum is. Mausoleum. Everybody hangs at the mausoleum, yep. You know, That's basically right, yeah. Dark Shadow starring the mausoleum during this block because everyone, <laughs> everyone gets a scene in this mausoleum. All right. I miss the kid. It's like he brings them in. So basically, you know, oh, don't take him to the hospital. Da 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 da. Fair enough. Get Julia in. Julia will be a doctor. And then what do they do? He's wearing his green turtleneck. They yeah. cut up the green and basically for the rest of the rest of this block, he's he's got his chest out underneath his chest exposed to this right. turtleneck that's been cut up the size. Like, why don't you just give him another shirt? <laughs> well, speak of that, how why is it that he's got his shoes on in bed? Because he come, he gets out of bed and he's already not yeah, only dressed. He's he got he his does shoes sleep on. with his shoes on because we we we've seen that a couple times. There's a time that he was asleep, Eve. and well, Barnabas Eve. is yeah. having you know Jeff Clark is having his um, nightmare, and he jumps uh, out of bed and he's got his shoes on. <laughs> that's right. Eve, when Eve first awoke, she had her shoes on, uh, which is interesting since uh, she's supposed to be a corpse. Uh, did, did they did they bury corpses in their shoes? You know. Uh, high heels, no, to, no less, uh, which I talked about to Marie. But Joe always goes to bed with his shoes on, and he always wakes up with his shoes well, on. Well, so, 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 so does Jeff. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what really, it is. I mean, really God. I'm surprised that Maggie doesn't have a bunch of bruises across her legs and Joe rolls over with his shoes on and kicks her. <laughs> Vicky has her shoes on uh, at certain, you know, certain parts of it, you know, certain portions of it. They all have their... Why, I wonder why maybe maybe it's a set. Maybe there's so many... You know what I probably... You know what I think the reason why they're wearing shoes, actually, on a technical side of things, not based on story, but I got a feeling that because they used to build the sets all the time and they do everything very quickly on this show, there probably was nails and everything over the floors and stuff like that. That's Yeah, that's... that's that. I would think... Yeah, well, that plus... I mean, how are you going to take time in the scene? Uh, it, it's going to take at least a minute while they get their shoes on from the time they get out of bed. And uh, so they're running through the scene. Uh, and, and, and Roger tells me, I mean, these cameras were all borrowed from uh, from other departments. I think maybe the news department. So they said they had to get them back within a certain amount of time. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah. That's what Roger said. Yeah, yeah. So I did not to, know the that. Was, yeah. if, the show was, if the show took place in over for 23 minutes, if the show takes place. Right. They filmed probably for 25 minutes. That's it. They had them for like 25, 30, 25, 30 minutes. Sometimes back. they might get them for 40 minutes. Right, right, right. And that's exactly. why the show is considered that it was recorded live because they did it from beginning to end. It's like boom, 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 boom. 
sort of thing because they had to get everything back. So it was really helter skelter, and uh, you know, and uh, but I but I think what's uh, oh and Clarus Blackburn. Such comic relief when she finds Joe strangling Barnabas. Oh my And she's like, God. Oh, 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 stop it, stop it. And she's banging on Joe's shoulders and stuff. And, and oh, <laughs> you know, she is so funny. She is so fucking funny. I, I think mean, it's hysterical she, that, that, that uh, not only is Julia like really good at doing everything and she's like Felix the cat. That's got everything in that bag. She now can analyze poison. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, the classic, the classic going going to by what Tom was saying is like, you know, you got Mrs. Johnson beating on stop it, stop it, sort of thing, and it's like when Joe wakes up and like realizes what he's doing, he looks at her and looks at her like. Who is this mad woman yelling at me? Did you see how long her hair got? Look at this. Did you see the big the big hair thing they gave her? She has the same bun, but she's got this huge thing of hair like Rapunzel. I, I know that it was actually it made her look. It made her look a lot younger when she first. It did. Began. I wish they. I wish they'd said would have softened her up because she's not an unattractive woman. No, I mean that bun really did a horrible. Oh, that they, that bun, man. At least but, mess it up a little bit, messy bun, you know, something. Yeah. Something. <laughs> and incidentally, uh for for the trip for the trivia for the old style fans, uh Dark Shadows came out with a Viewmaster reel. And uh you remember those old Viewmasters? Yes, yes, I do. Three D. Well, the Dark Shadows Viewmaster reel, they only did one of those, and that specifically deals with this block. And so the first scene, actually, from the Viewmaster reel, if you're lucky enough to get it, and a lot of the fans still have, uh, a lot of the old style, the, the old world fans still have their copies. The first one is uh, Angelique biting Barnabas. And, uh, and, and it's really so interesting to see these still life images of uh, Angelique Barnabas. And then another you have Stokes, Julian People Barnabas. People waited for that. They just and, waited for that interaction. And and you could, you could see these 3D images. And after Dark Shadows went off the air, and there was no mention of shadows for many, many years until the late 70s, early 80s, that was really all you had to remember, uh, aside from, you know, looking at the, you know, the copies of 16 magazine. But those were color shots of the, uh, of, of this particular block, Barnabas feeding Joe the medicine, uh, uh, Mrs. Johnson trying to stop Bar, uh, Bar, uh, Bar, uh, Joe from strangling Barnabas. That's all in the Viewmaster reel. Uh, so it's very, very interesting to see. And now here we are all these years later discussing that block. So I thought I would mention that. Um, yeah, and that's interesting. I remember, I remember having one of those as a little kid. I love that thing. Yeah, yeah. you look at Niagara Falls and all that. Yeah, the seven that wonders of the world. Yeah. I had them all. Yep, yep. So and that's yeah, quite then, went, then they then they modified it, didn't they? Like like a couple years later, we got one that could talk because it had like a little disc in it. Yep, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's a bigger one. Remember, it had a long. It was elongated. Yeah, there's like one that, yeah, and that one had like a ba- a battery light in it. So yeah, therefore you, therefore you, you were styling if you had that. Light. Yeah, you were styling if you had that, Viewmaster. Uh, 
you were one of the they were one of the the beautiful people in, in <laughs> kindergarten if you had that view master oh, and you know those people had a light bright at home at the same time the light bright yeah i was just like i was such a i know i was so deprived as a child absolutely well, okay. and then you got julia catching barnabas he's going he goes she keeps trying to give him the poison you know, she's already telling him not to go upstairs and Barnabas just keeps insisting on going up there and he's got his overcoat and he's, everybody's hiding their neck, oh, can you, you know? Can, you know, what the heck is that about? You know, there he is, he's trying to hide his, the, 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 the neck marks. And so he's talking and he's like, he's, he's, in, he's in the old house sitting in the chair and he's like got his cape around him and he's got going around his neck. Nobody thought to ask him, why don't you take your cape off? What's the matter with you? He never wears his cape like that in the old, I'm exhausted. Then he wants I'm, to go upstairs and take care of Joe. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, I'm going to go upstairs <laughs> and watch Joe. <laughs> Uh, I don't have to, there's a, and Barnabas's catch line through the, the last 14, this, 14 episodes of this vlog is, I need to take a nap. I, <laughs> <laughs> like, go on already. It's like, yeah. you know. it's he was, he's always trying then, to force Julia to take a nap, though. And Julia's, I'm not tired. I guess you need more rest. They're fighting over who needs to take a nap. We're in the other I one. I know, I know. It's like then, somebody, for the love of God, take a nap, okay? And, there's the, and then the Julia had taken the, the maternal role to Barnabas. It's like, yeah. it became like a mother a mother found out her son has done something bad. It became like, whoa. She goes and analyzes the medicine because she knows Barnabas is up to no good. He goes, I wouldn't try to kill. Everybody's trying to kill Joe. He's like laying there helpless. Everybody wants to kill him. I want to go. To, I want to go to Julia's bedroom and find out what my bedroom because she goes upstairs, analyzes the whatever, and comes back yeah. down to my bedroom. That That's poison. another blooper. Speaking of that, because at one point uh, they're looking for Julia, and Vic and Vicky tells Roger, "Well, he's she's still at the old house." Right. When in reality, Julia is Julia and Barnabas are speaking in Julia's bedroom, and then they both come down there together. And Vicky is like doesn't bat an eye, you know that kind of thing. It was a, it was a. You would think that you would think really that if this up. wasn't a supernatural soap opera, unless they're going to say this was a traditional soap opera of the time. There, if Julia was coming home late every night for being with Barnabas, everyone would assume that these two people are sleeping together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you know what I mean because it's like think about it it's like Julie Julie gets up in the morning what does she do she goes and spends time with Barnabas right and then when she does come home it's in the wee hours of the morning <laughs> no yeah it looks it looks pretty suspect I guess and whenever she comes in she goes oh I'm really tired <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> well Barnabas is always they're both always tired I mean they they do I don't know they just they just always engage in weird nocturnal activities you know in this Well they show. sleep 24 hours a day together the only thing they don't the only thing they're not doing is they're not sleeping together that's yeah. the only thing Well remember when she had a crush on him in the earlier episodes and it was so mean just like me like you you know she I mean, still it was does. so mean to her she still does. And, but he's not uh, as mean as he used to be. No, he's softening up. And that is and that's a good point that you raised. Because Thank God he doesn't have those freaking eyebrows and shit like he did when he was a vampire trying to bite her. But he looked like I don't know what the fuck they were thinking with those eyebrows. There's, and, a, there's no more trust issue. It, it was Dr. Jekyll kind of shit. Yeah, there's no more trust issue that originally happened. And uh, now he's, uh, you know, the, now he trusts her. And of course, uh, you know, he and 
she she and Willie dug him out when he was buried alive, and that I think was the main uh, thing that you know that really turned him up. So that he's. Uh, uh, he's come. He's come a long way. Unfortunately, Angelique has him completely in the thrall, and uh, he can't tell Julia what's been going on. Uh, of course, it's going to you know sooner or later that's going to happen. Right. Uh, but um, but but all but and of course Roger. Uh, you know they bring in Louis Edmonds. I think for just a few scenes in this black, right. and all he is is. You know, they have a couple of nice little conversations with him and Liz over the, over the, you know, over her plans <laughs> to be buried alive. And, you know, and, you know, and he's, you know, I'm trying to we'll remodel the old mausoleum. <laughs> I'm trying to understand. <laughs> Why can't we have that in Eagle Hill? Let's have that in Eagle Hill. I'll take over the job, Liz. I'll bury you. Don't worry. I'll bury you. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do it really nice. We'll put some bells in it. Put a nice siren in there. He'll be fine. <laughs> the old one. We'll get the architect in. Joke. We'll, we'll get queer eye. For, we'll get queer eye for the straight guy to come in and remodel your new. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Joe. He's he's unconscious in the mausoleum. It's just like everybody goes there. Well, oh, I mean, wow. the big comedy moment here is is like. They find out that David's gone to the mausoleum, right? Right. Again. Maggie's missing. Uh, how does David know about the mausoleum? Is like, because everyone's been to the mausoleum. Everybody's been in Everybody sooner or later has been to the mausoleum. We even had extras that we've never seen before in the secret room in the mausoleum, Artemis. <laughs> See, so, it's a nice little Artemis scene, is though. so out of touch. <laughs> nice little scene between uh, David Hennessy and Roger Davis. Where uh, yeah. you know he's, he's trying to tell him he's still gonna you know be cared about and uh, he'll make him the ring bearer and stuff like that. Yeah, David for, but David then for, you have you know Miss Manners comes to his you know his little room. You know I didn't expect that she knows him and they flash back. I mean he hates her though because she killed her lover. Oh now. yeah, yeah, Peter. Yeah. Bradford. That's who right. Was that time. Was, yeah, yeah. So now you're starting to figure out, well, is he a reincarnation? Because or, you know, or did he just pop well, just no, she to didn't, a portal? You know? She didn't kill she didn't kill Peter Bradford, but No, she, she killed her lover to be with him. That's right. And I could never understand then why the ghost came back to try and claim her after she murdered him. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't make sense at all. But now, it yeah. doesn't make sense that she's from another time in another city in France or Paris or wherever. Right, like Roger. Now, yeah. now she has a history of Peter Bradford in Collinsworth. Yeah, that, I'm so yeah. lost on that one, but I'm sure all things will be revealed. So, well, I don't think well, too much is going to be more revealed. Yeah, I don't. I think they threw something in together. I think they had to figure out like, well, let, we need to keep Eve. Somehow the past and Peter Bradford and everything. Together. Well, you also got to have a wedding stopper. Yeah, but I, I do think that it could have been a bit. I don't know. I mean, they might have. I mean, let's face it. Between, I mean, between the episode, basically at the beginning of our block, we have this is her storyline. By the end of the block, her storylines change. I mean, her storyline changed in, in twenty episodes. <laughs> it's, not like, it's, not, it's not like it's been going for a while. And all of a sudden, like flip. Like, so I don't know what happened here, but something weird happened with the writing here as far as yeah. the go. It's, it was weird. 
like yeah, and 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 I think once in and once again, but things are happening. I would say pretty fast. This is not a slow block. No, uh, yeah, not by yeah. any measure. Yeah, yeah. No, things are happening pretty fast, and that of course is keeping uh, is keeping everything going, and. Uh, you know, and I, I think that most of the, with the exception of uh, Craig Slocum, who's terrible, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that, you know, I think that most of them gave uh, a, a passable. I mean, it's just the, again, I wouldn't say it was passable. I think, I think Angelique really rocked in these episodes. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the, this is the point. She's biting Barnabas like crazy, and and you know, and all and all the and, and it's, it's amazing that he didn't become a vampire yet because she's taken so much blood. Well, he can't him. become a vampire because that would make him dead, and he's got Adam, right? That, that it, yeah, yeah. Well, as long as Adam's alive, he can't become a vampire, and that's a good point, Vicky. Uh, I don't see how he can become a vampire as long as Adam is alive. But then Adam suffers the, the same as maybe Adam will become a vampire too. Uh, yeah, it could. You know, you I know thought that would have been fun. If they that would have been Adam a lot of fun. Vampire. That would have been really yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, I think that would have been great. The Frankenstein monster turns into Bella into, Lugosi into as well, a vampire you know? and stuff, and then he could bite Eve, and then uh, you know, and then, that would have been that would have been very very interesting. But I guess they didn't want to they didn't want to complicate things too much. Um, uh, all in all, and they didn't give uh, Carlin a lot to do either. You know, you saw Carlin in a few episodes and stuff, but Carlin's strength was more in the last block, uh, where he where he had the contratops with Maggie. Um, after that, really, Stokes has taken over, and Stokes is going to be taking over more and more. Uh, and I, such I, exemplary acting too. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, I think I think what we have in this block, I have to say, this block is never boring. Um, but I do think it's because there are so many characters that there's so many storylines. There's so much going on. And they're cutting. But, you know, but in one way, it's fantastic viewing and it's great to watch because it keeps you involved and, and everything's passing very, very quickly. But then you get like a little bit of Roger and a little bit of David and a little bit of Elizabeth's daughter. And you realize that you're kind of missing them yeah. at the same time. So that's... yeah. Because they're kind of like these footnotes and these storylines. And even, well, I mean, we just discussed about Victoria as well. Victoria's been hidden away as well, her storyline. Yeah. She so much, she got, I, I think it's because we got so many big characters and big storylines going on at the same time. That I think even she's doing. wearing a hairpiece at this point, Vicky. Uh, I mean, either that I or she's she, ironed her hair. Ironing her hair. You think Who she was, was ironing that? her hair? You think yeah, so? I think she was ironing her hair because she's gone all flat now. So I think she's like, bon- Who, Vicky. Vicky, I think she's banging her bongos and reading Odetta in her room and ironing her hair. That's what I think. <laughs> I remember the days of ironing hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think because yeah. her hair is flat now. There's no more of the little boofy thing in the back, and no yeah. more of the little. Like, she, 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 she looks that's, nice. I'm pretty she sure that's her hair. I think that's her hair. She looks nice. But I think with it's her hair, but we got to always remember that we are now in 1968, and this is where the women's style is going to. Yeah. Be. Women's hair are starting to fall and go straighter. And yeah, we're going, we're going into the 1968 hippie generation stuff. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. Nancy Barrett, didn't she have really long blonde hair once upon a yep. time? Yep, it's yep. really, yeah, she's got the most straightest cut. Uh, you know, I was like, like, I like that. I mean, I love their hair when it's straight. I'm not a bouffant kind of person, I just, I just can't. Yeah, I mean, 
it's you know the thing is is like in, they are going from hair hip from um they're going from hair hoppers to beatniks. That's what they're going. I really like that part. Also speaking of Nancy Barrett, where uh, where Harry passes the note to her that. Uh, that he's gonna that he wants her to meet Eve and, and oh, what a, <laughs> he brings what a her plot. he brings her their first apartment so that mean. that dump that dump in the room in Collinwood in the East Wing or wherever where the West Wing wherever it was and this is the wonder Eve is so pissed at him she goes this is the, this is where she's gonna spend the rest of her life and that the furniture is like from from hunger and the and there are spider webs and that's <laughs> What? Because I read a lot of books here. Because <laughs> I read a lot of books. <laughs> and she's like, and, 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 and Carolyn is like, oh, that's, yes, I'll give them their start in life. I'll put them in that dump. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, that, I mean yeah, that was, that was kind of a bizarre thing. Because <laughs> um, the thing is, they could have met anywhere because no one knows who Eve is anyway, so it's not. You don't need to hide Eve away. Adam, you need to hide. She shows up. I mean, everybody sees her eventually. I mean, she's not hiding herself. Yeah, but the thing is, is Eve, Eve looks like a normal person. I mean, Eve, yeah, Eve, yeah. I mean, okay, she is running around in her black a negligee at time, but she's a very attractive person. But no one knows who she is. Right, Adam. Unfortunately, he's pretty much you know physically assaulted almost everyone in this show at one point or another so you know he needs to hide away but he doesn't but so you're thinking why are we we stealing eve around like putting her in the shadows sort of thing i mean even even that brief scene where liz sees her in the garden and and, are you the angel of death (laughs) (laughs) like what the fuck liz (laughs) well i mean She's got a little nausea laundry on. And it's yeah. like, he's like, he's just looking at her white, huh? That's why he's like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> he does look like she stepped out of a Russ Meyer film. Yeah. <laughs> Valley of the Ultra Vixens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's very attractive. I mean, oh, very like, much she's so. She's stunning, very actually. So and she doesn't yeah. even have that much makeup on. I mean, that's, she just pulls it off, man. She just had it going on. That, that she, lady does. does. She does bitch very well. She shows he, her range. He's genius. Yeah. And I ought to know. <laughs> and she's I, just really good at it. No, she's no, she's very good, but she really shows off her range later on. And I actually my favorite role for her actually was uh later on in the eighteen ninety seven sequence, a lot of the fans. But this is certainly a great introduction yeah. uh to Marie Wallace and uh had the they actually wanted to bring her back while well, it's a, it's later on and the series is in parallel time and watch out for that fans when we get right. into that that's a whole new thing but they wanted to bring marie wallace back as maggie's sister right uh as maggie's sister i think it was jennifer was uh was uh and uh but Marie Wallace had accepted uh, the role on another on another world Somerset. Uh, as soon as uh, as soon as her thing on Dark Shadows, she got you know she got she got killed off on Dark Shadows and came back on on another soap opera weeks later. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to remember the name of that. That was a weird name that they gave her. In other words, Somerset. She would, but, she would make 
sexy vampire. Can you imagine Angelique? And- well, she was, but that's and you'll see her as a vampire. You'll see Marie Wallace as a vampire, not as Eve. Uh, but can you imagine the two of them together, like Angelique and going on the town, like going off and biting people? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Her, Angelique in her white lingerie and her in her black lingerie, doing the town of Collinsport. <laughs> there you go. There Bookends, you go. yeah. Actually, that's One another pair of matching bookends. How come Angelique doesn't turn into a bat? That's right. She doesn't. Would she be a white bat or a black bat? <laughs> <laughs> and how come the, I guess the hounds don't really howl as much as they do when Barnabas is a, Well, they howl they more in the distance for her. It was a more feminine hound, you know. It was, more, it was a more distant howl. Like that, those, <laughs> yeah, those freaking dogs, man. Like, here comes the dogs again. I love that. That was Willie's comment. I loved it when he said, oh, no, now we're going to hear the dogs again. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> In his Brooklyn accent. And will uh, Maggie ever figure out who she wants? Yeah, absolutely. And there, okay, and there's another thing now, this thing that, that Nicholas reveals that he's in love with Maggie, and he asks her to marry him, she and she turns no. him down, and she turns him down, and he's like, mm, Now we got to kill Joe. Now I'm going to have to go out in another <laughs> people want to kill Joe. But Adam, of course, that's what he tells Adam. Adam says to him, when are we getting out of here? He goes, well, I have to take care of something first. I want to bring Maggie with us, and, and he goes. Well, another thing that's an that there's an there's another hole that I found in here as well is when Nicholas wipes Maggie's memory. Did she, how? What memory did he wipe? Because it's like, because to be honest, okay, if, she, if he wiped from the moment that she got out of that mausoleum, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what we assume, because she has no memory of being in the mausoleum. So from the mausoleum right. back, right? That means that would wipe out Joe. It would wipe out the sanitarium. That That's was, right. Wipe That's out right. her father's death. <laughs> wipe out everything. So she's like, okay, I'm fine. No one knows where Papa is. She probably she probably thinks Papa's down at the Blue Whale. <laughs> it would wipe out everything from the mausoleum back, didn't it? So her relationship with Joe and all this other stuff would be totally wiped out. Well, obviously, he was very selective in terms of, and he did the same thing with Carolyn. He wiped out Carolyn's memory of uh, being the experiment. Well, he probably uh, wiped out that particular memory because a real good hypnotist can just take certain bits, I guess. Well, you'd have to take out the part of her memory in the mausoleum, but at the same time, take out the Barnabas captured years. I want right. to get years. So it's basically, so then we keep the stuff in the middle. So it's like, okay, we're going to cut this bit out, and then we're going to go back a, 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 maybe a few months later, and we're going to cut this out. <laughs> it's just kind of weird. If you, think, if you think about it logically. It's very choppy. You can't, there's no logic to it. It's very, what they yeah. really, the writers wanted the message to get across that the memory of uh, what Barnabas did to her was, uh, was erased, and also the memory of uh, her, and the memory of her being with Willie in the mausoleum was erased because when Barnabas and Willie meet her at her house, uh, she's like, "Oh, hi, Willie. I, I haven't seen you for a while. You know, how long has it been?" If you, you know, and Willie goes, "Yeah, yeah. How long, Maggie? How long? How long is it?" Yeah, <laughs> like it's and like and there's that as well because the thing is, is that another thing that even though it's a, even when Julia wiped her memory of Willie. When Willie comes back from the sanitarium after all this happened, she still has she still can't be with Willie because Willie freaks her out. But now she's fine with Willie. 
Yeah. You know, because yeah. remember, because remember when she gets back to the sanitarium, Willie goes to the sanitarium because he gets he tries to warn tries to warn her and he gets shot. And he gets they lock him up. Right. And he gets the he, he takes the fall and, and then when he gets released and comes back and decides that, you know, Barnabas goes, You can come live with me, just don't go visit Maggie. Okay, Barnabas. What does he do? Go visit Maggie, and then Maggie freaks out seeing him. So obviously he's like, well, so obviously that's been cut out of her memory. So it's kind of a weird sort of thing when you put it. Very choppy, uh, and very sloppy actually. But, yeah, but, sloppy. but but they were hoping, but they didn't. Re- but they didn't have fans like us back then who could yeah. uh, dissect that. It was just a. It was just an and on the moment. They saw the episode that day and they reacted viscerally to the fact that. The what they were afraid that Maggie would remember. Now everything was okay, and I think that's how they went with it. Yeah, so I mean, you know, and that I think that's probably what we got with Eve and Peter Bradford storyline that's starting to brew now as well. It's like, oh, well, we gotta we gotta do something here because we gotta make sure that Jeff Clark and Peter Bradford we gotta do something about the storyline to bring this to fruition now because this has been going on too long. So we need to start. We need to start tying up our loose ends a little bit here, so I think so. Okay, now what we're going to do is discuss who our favorite character is and our least favorite character. And we're going to start with you, Tom. Who's your least favorite character and your favorite character of this block? That's a tough one. Um, no, it's I'm, not. I'm going to say, well, <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm going to say Angelique. I'm going to say Angelique is a favorite character. I love the I love the way she had a field day with the... Um, oh, God, yes. Uh, with the... Uh, with the whole block, you know, and, and, and boy, she was so happy when she found out she could buy Barnabas and uh, she went after it with a passion and a vengeance. And uh, so she's, uh, you know, and she's, she's, she's exposing and experiencing her, all her vampiric lust and, uh, you know, and all well, her- she did tell us in the interview, it's all about sex, basically. Yep, yep, and it was, uh, yeah, I know, and, and the that the vampirism is really sex reversed, you know, in terms of uh, basically exactly. So that was uh, that was there, and uh, I wish it would have had a few more uh, frontal scenes of of her biting him because I never, I never, I always thought those uh, those scenes where you know where she where where she where she did where it was a rear view scene i i, I thought that kind of detracted i think that one, one of the things that really attracted the fans was actually seeing was actually seeing the act because they had never seen it to that extent outside of uh, christopher lee uh in those in, in those horror films it was really the right. first time that you ever saw that on tv uh, so it was, uh, and for and you know, aside from Barnabas, uh, you know, and I think, and while Barnabas was a sympathetic vampire, there was nothing sympathetic about her, no. uh, with the except, possible exception that she felt kind of bad about Joe after she bit him. She wanted to make sure she he was all right. Same thing with Jeff. 
wanted to make sure that he was all right as well. Uh, so, but other than that, you know, there was nothing sympathetic about her. So, uh, and, and, and again, I'm, I, I hate to say it, but I think the worst one was Craig Slocum uh, as Harry. Uh, he's, he's really, and, and again, you see, and I swear to God, I'm sure he has a sense, he had an essential tremor. Because here you see it again in one of the scenes where he's lifting up the vial of poison uh, and you see his handshake uh, as he as he lifts it up. So and, and and I think that was interesting. The other the other was in the scene in the prior block where he's where he's lifting some tea, a cup of tea, and you see it shaking in in, in the saucer. And, yeah, I feel sorry for him in a way uh, that you know that this was. But of course, you know when fans saw that, they really weren't looking at stuff like that, and it was on the small TVs, not the big jobs that we have today where you can see every little crevice and crack. Uh, but uh, so I think, so I think he was certainly something to be left desired. And that's my take on it. Uh, Keith. And what about yourself, Vic's favorite and least favorite. There's just so much comedy going on in this one. I don't know what to think. I know it wasn't meant to be comedy, but I don't know. Some of it just struck me kind of funny, but I really liked Angelique in this block. I just loved how she finally got to, you know, finally get get back at Barnabas finally for ultimately. But and we'll see how that pans out. And I have to say that Harry, no, bad, bad, bad. Yeah, he was not my favorite at all. But I kind of feel bad for him because I don't I think he might if he had something to work with a little more, he might have been able to do something. He seems like an errand boy. You know what I mean? Yeah, he just feels like he's he was. It just feels like he was hired because he knows someone. It doesn't look like he was hired for his talent. I'm sorry, I was trying to be nice. Okay, <laughs> I mean, my favorite character is Marie Wallace as Eve. Oh God, yes, yeah. I, yeah. I have a breast fixation I've had since a young age. I'm a huge Russ Meyer film, and she looks like she stepped out of a Russ Meyer film. She and I'm is. just. She comes on screen and I'm mesmerized by her. I am like, I, I have to say the same thing. I I found her very fun to watch. Yeah, she's an excellent actress. She really holds her attention. She's riveting. She really and is. She's a sex on a stick. I'll give. She her is. That. She really is. Even I, I guess even back with- then. Did you notice that back then though boobs weren't really in like big boobs. I mean, oh, everybody's really, like, twiggy-ish. Her, her, I mean, they got her. She's Everything about her is just really on point sort of It's thing. just her hair, you know? You know it's all hers. And, I mean, I, right down to not having a lot of makeup all over her. She's just natural. Yeah. And she's just she's just badass. She really is. The women are really strong in this. Yeah. So she's my favorite. I actually was, I mean... Um, you know, I've seen these blocks before, but I've never actually taken any notice of these. I always found, found them a bit different. But this time around, it's like I saw her. It's like, Marie Wallace. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. It's just like and, I'm straight. And I, and I get that. Saying, I said before, <laughs> it's, it's, I have a, I love, I'm a huge Russ Meyer fan. You know, I love his film. And she looks like she just stepped out of a Russ Meyer film. And, and, and with that, and I said, I, you know, I'm a gay man with a breast fixation. And she feels like. Well, we all know that. <laughs> um, and my least is um, unfortunately is um, Mrs. Johnson's. Oh, Harry, Mrs. Harry. Johnson. Harry, yeah, and, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Uh, Harry, um, yeah. I, 
I think I not I, you know I I mean I could slag about him for hours on end, but I, I'll be nice and just sit there and say he's my least favorite, and I'll leave it at that. Though, um, make sure you um, tune in next week. We're all, next month. We're all probably slagging him off even further. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the poor man didn't make it past 1978. We really should be kinder. Well, May he rest in peace. Was- May rest in yeah, peace. I, I I just miss the caretaker. I swear to God, there could he could have been really. Huge. I miss him too. Greatest him back as Harry. <laughs> now I learned something else recently, and I believe Daniel Keyes was also fired because he wouldn't cross the picket lines at that same strike that Robert Geringer was fired on. So that was another. I believe that that was why he went, and uh, they used the. Uh, they uh, they used uh, one of the stock actors to replace. It was, it was a weak watered down version of, uh, of of Daniel Keyes. But boy, they could really have used them when Roger went to the mausoleum with Liz. They could have had a nice scene with Daniel. Evil Shakespeare, what you do? you know that kind of thing. And the dance was mistress. Got the room in the mausoleum for you. <laughs> Everybody else is there. Are oh you God. here for? Are you joining us, Mrs. Stoddard? Are you joining us? Poor Mrs. Oh, I really hope things perk up for Mrs. Stoddard in the next vlog, but we'll see. They'll get worse before they, they get like better. But let's be like serving cheese inside the mausoleum secret room as people are coming in and out of it. Oh, it's <laughs> you again. I think they could have had the caretaker there taking tickets, you know, that kind of That's thing. Nice, you know, nice. At least he could have made some money. You could have made a mint off, um, off that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, it's like a speakeasy, the mausoleum speakeasy. <laughs> <laughs> could have had a hockey talk player, you know, right, right outside. Right. You know, that was funny. <laughs> you know the secret. You should know the secret knot. <laughs> <laughs> What is your, okay, your over-impression of this block starting with you, Vicky? I loved it. There was a lot going on. I mean, you know, I know it was supposed to be dramatic. I found it kind of comedic. I still don't know why. Maybe because I talked to you during the week. I don't know. Because you think like I do in a weird way when it comes to certain things anyway. But I really, I loved how the certain, I don't know, things are coming together. and You see a storyline processing. I don't know where Liz is going, but... You know, I, I I really liked how this happened. I mean, things were popping finally. And I was kind of bored last time. So things are starting to happen now. What about you, Tom? I did like it. Um, I think it is. Uh, I, I mean, I think that uh, the last spot... I think was slower uh, compared to compared to this one, um, with of course the big exception of uh, the um, Willie and uh, Maggie uh, conversations in the mausoleum, and they were able to stretch that out for a week. Uh, but I, but I think here you have uh, you have a number of subplots. You have the resolution of uh, the experiment with uh, finally with Carolyn. Uh, finally, then you have the Danielle Roger thing, and once again, uh, you know you see the uh, Leona Fitz. Tom Gorman makes a rare appearance as a blue whale bartender. Uh, I know what happened to the other guy. He I missed the blue the whale. Up. Well, they did have that scene there, and the other guy, usually Bob Rooney, 
I think it was Rooney. Um, he must have been take, he must have taken the night off. So he had Tom Gorman there instead. Another one of the Stockwell whale characters. He's, he's been a customer before. So I guess he's been promoted. And, um, uh, they, um, so they have the so they have the Adam subplot. They have the introduction of Eve. They have Angelique finally going after Barnabas. Uh, they have uh, they of course continue uh, the premature burial plot with Liz to a certain uh, the only kind of thing. Uh, at, at the, the last uh, episode in this block is kind of anticlimactic. They they're talking about Sheriff Patterson. Yeah. Well, they're going to call Sheriff Patterson. Do I miss Dana Elkar? Because I'm not going to tell you who comes on in the next block, but he's a he's a he's he's a very poor substitute for Dana Elkar. Very poor substitute. Very poor substitute. So they're trying to bring Sheriff Patterson back into the picture, though. Um, but and of course, Joe. Uh, you got a lot of things going on at once. You know, you've got you know, Joe. To- <laughs> what can you say, Joe? <laughs> Joe. Everybody wants to kill him. Poor Joe, and then Joe tries killing Barnabas and Mrs. Yeah. Johnson. They get Mrs. I thought Johnson it was funny, though. You got to admit, when he's strangling Barnabas, and Barnabas is just sitting there in the chair, not even trying to fight him off. It's like, come on, guys. You know, really? Well, <laughs> Barnabas finally got this nap he's been talking about for six episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Barnabas is tired for a man. <laughs> I know, I know. Some really nice comedic scenes, and I'll tell you something. Uh, he, if, if 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 Craig Sullivan were to act alone, he'd be he'd be dead in the water. Okay. Clarence Blackburn pulled him out of that. They they, yeah. they they are really she provides that uh, a combination of comic relief and sheer turn. She's a very good actress, and she detra- and she dis- she distracts us from realizing how awful he really is. Uh, so you know so. Kudos to Clarence Blackburn. I gave her honorable mention. In fact, she only appeared in two episodes. But she, but but it was, well, it was nice and it was memorable. Uh, you know, Very. it really was. It really was. So that's my take on it. Um, how about you? Mine. Um, I actually really, really enjoy this plot. There's so many different things going on. Unfortunately, though, with so much going on, when we do get some of our favorite characters popping out, you kind of start to miss them because you know that they're being sidelined a little bit. So that's my yeah. only bad opinion. It yeah. does feel Louis like Edmonds. Louis Edmonds. Really, they didn't use him at all. Yeah, uh, and you know, even David, and even you know, Carol, yep. and, you know, um, David for a few minutes, because you got so many big things and big characters going on. I mean, everyone's. I mean, I mean, I think this is probably the first block that we've actually got a little bit of everyone for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Quite a few characters missing, but we at least seen them seen in one scene or one scene or another. Um, I do think that the writers have kind of bitten off a little bit more than they can chew this block. There yeah, seems yeah. to be a lot of storylines that are not making a lot of sense. Or seems because I think they're really busy about turning everything and turning turning all these missing parts. So I think we're seeing a little bit of that. But as far as entertainment value goes, it went really really quick, and I, I can't fault it at all because it does. You know, if you're bored with something, wait five minutes, and something else is going to happen. Well, that's a good part about it. Shadows at its best was a multiplicity of plots and the way they were able to balance them and juggle them and go from one to the other very quickly and almost seamlessly in certain cases. And um, I think that um, 
I think their major emphasis here was the introduction of Eve, and they wanted her to really, they wanted Marie Wallace really to come out strong in terms of being a major, uh, the major character, the major new introductory character on the show. So they devoted a lot of time to her. And of course, she was eye candy, as you've as you've mentioned. She was a very, very beautiful woman, and um, you know, and uh, she was, in, and boy, what a and what a great vampire she's going to make later, later on in another character. But we'll talk about that when we happen. But, but she certainly had this. She was the evil. She was evil, <clears throat> and that's what they wanted. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's what they wanted. Um, they want, you know, they wanted her, and, and as a result, other characters had to suffer. I think that's why that happened. Well, that brings us to the end of the Dark Shadows, and of course, um, our next episode um, will be Soap. We'll be carrying on our storylines for that, and I believe we're in season two of Soap, and we'll be doing yep. eight episodes of that. And of course, our next um, Dark Shadows will be episode 615 to drum roll, blah, 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 635. So that will be our um, Dark Shadows from next plot. Um, and then we'll be um, completing our season five. And of course, after um, Dark Shadows next episode, we will be telling you about how our Dark Shadows episodes will be slightly changing. We'll be giving you a lot more for your buck. Now, of course, the next classic novels will be Moby Dick, um, and then, of course, we'll be carrying on with Bewitched, and our, our final um, Nature versus Man episode will be Godzilla, the classic 1954, and the reboot from 2017. So, and also coming your way will also be an interview with Ellen Foley, the famous rock singer from Meatloaf's Proud Out of Hell's album, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, and she has a new solo album out, and yeah. that interview will be out next week. And the following week will be the Marie Wallace interview, from Dark Shadows uh, to Crazy, we've been discussing. So that will be next month. That's, next month, Keith, when is that again? The Marie Wallace interview? The Marie Wallace will be out um, next week. So this week. About the tail the tail end of next week. So it'll be next weekend. They'll go out. So. Ah, okay. I'll be, we'll sure be I'll be sure to tell her. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be out. And then, of course, um, then we'll be into season six. So it'll be good night for myself. Good night, Vicky. Good night, everybody. Stay safe. Love each other. Good night, Tom. Good night, everybody. Stay safe once again. And it's been a pleasure. And I'll see you next week.
Thank you.